you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of T and J. Josh Martin here with a Mr. Chesney 4 0-4. 0-4. 0-4 Catfish Marty Height. Can I just be fair that my name predicted it? I'm the Chesney Catfishes because I'm a bottom feeder. Look, you actually have... Am I lower than Dylan? You actually have one of the best teams. You scored 120. 28 last night. I would have fourth highest, almost every other team in the league. Fourth highest in the league. That's right. Outside, yeah, me, the guy you played, and mm-hmm. another guy. And then the other guy was like five points ahead of you. You still lost. Here, you have the most points against by 150. I have the worst luck in fantasy football. I have the like third or fourth highest scoring team of the year and have lost every game because every team I come up with has just like killed it that week. Yeah, because you got a good team. You're, you're. I mean, you're averaging like 120 a week. That's right. But your opponents are averaging. Yeah, my like average is like 122 to 125 a week. So anyway, not that that means anybody that doesn't listen to college football. I mean, uh, fantasy football. Yeah. Um, listen, you enjoying this crisp, cool October weather? You, I, I wanted to, I wanted to come on the show, and I wanted to say, Marty, you were ex- uh, perfectly right. I know I was. Four. Okay, let's calm down. 40, I don't even know what about. 45 to 65 degree weather. Oh, yeah. Money. Is, is amazing. <clears throat> yes. I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm going to play golf Friday on my day off. That's the sweet spot. And the temp for tee off is like 58. 59. Perfect. I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped. So this morning when I was getting ready, I was like, I'm wearing a t-shirt today because it's supposed to be 68, 68 to 70. And I was like, that's not, I can't do a flannel. In 68 degree weather, I'll be, I'll be sweating. So I walked out, it was 48 degrees, and it felt perfect. It felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Like If I had to be out in it, it'd be a little chilly. Mm-hmm. But it felt great. By the time I got out from teaching, it was already at 58. Sun was shining. felt refreshed. It's going to be 68 later. I'm telling you, this is the perfect time of year. And you know what else comes with the perfect time of year? Being a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I haven't had anyone like uh, question our religious beliefs after last week, so that's good. Yeah. Which I guess well, we weren't. I according mean, to our coworker Priscilla, nobody listens to the podcast. Trash. So listen, if you're one of our 475 listeners, what I want you to do is I want you to look up Priscilla, um, <laughs> and I want you to send her some hate mail. Just just one. That's right. One just word. Look up Priscilla. One name. I'm not going to tell you her last name because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> All right. So, no, October is freaking pumpkin spice latte season. First, this is the first episode of October. And you know what we have? Some October. apple cinnamon. <laughs> no, pumpkin spice of the year. All right. Another entry from my mother in law. Uh, this is peanuts. Like, Charlie Brown Peanuts, Peanuts brand, pumpkin spice coffee. Um, 
So in your QT cup. A couple weeks ago, Fat after we did my pillow, my mother-in-law texted me and she goes, "I'm really trying to find y'all good coffees." And I was like, "Well, bad coffees are funnier." And so she said she's going to find us the worst coffee. I don't know if she'll really do this. Um, we might have some trash coffee nominations because all the coffees are. I mean, it kind of tastes like coffee, um, but some are worse than others. But today, I'm rocking. Have did you notice QT has changed their cup game? Bought a coffee earlier before I taught, and the new QT. So QT had these like this weird hybrid styrofoam cups that they used to use. Yeah. I mean, they were fine, but there's nothing special about them. They're like cheap styrofoam, but when they break, they like shatter. Yeah. Like it's it's not good. It's not that good white styrofoam cups that you get at church services for Sunday school that like you can chew on. You know what I'm talking about? That chewing the styrofoam. The McDonald's styrofoam cups? No, I don't know nothing about no McDonald's styrofoam. I'm talking about them little white <laughs> Sunday the, school cups. Yeah, the the trash. Run-of-the-mill eight-ouncers. Yeah. It's good for one chug. But you can chew on it. It's got a good chew to it. It's got a little bite. Yeah. Yeah. It actually sounded a lot like it. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. These, QT had trash styrofoam. That probably is similar to McDonald's. But they've upgraded to this nice paper cup variety. Probably that anti-plastic movement. Um, but this is a good cup. I haven't had QT coffee in Since about... Since we reviewed it? Two, yeah, about two years. And it still leaves traumatizing memories of just my mouth being absolutely scalded. so freaking hot. Even like an hour later. I want to say, though, QT is gutsy because there is in the smallest font possible, it says caution, hot. Yeah. You know, a lot of these places have caved. They've caved. caved. They know you're passionate about this. In big font. In big font bigger than the advertisement for the company. It says caution, you know, substance in cup may be hot. Enjoy responsibly or whatever. Didn't uh, No, small font, caution. Listen, this is a sleek looking cup. All black, little QT logo. They spending that money now. What's in the cup? Uh, pumpkin spice from peanuts that we brewed. I dumped out my other coffee and put it. <laughs> what's What's your thoughts? My thoughts is I don't, I want to talk exhaustively long about QT <laughs> cups as a tribute to Priscilla. Uh, I just want to talk way longer. I want to talk about the red rim that has this cute little thing. It just says L to represent it's a large cup. If it's an M, it's a medium cup. S means small cup. Clarifying that aspect. All right. Anyway, I thought have you tried this? Co- have you tried this cup. pumpkin spice yet? Yeah. So here's my thing. You just brewed it. It feels really hot. I brewed it about an hour ago when I, when I first called you. I'm going for it. I'm going in. It's it's fine. I hope I drink a pumpkin. The smell delicious. Eight out of ten. The oh, yeah, taste, no doubt. no doubt. Hold on, don't, don't, don't give me a number yet. I haven't even tried it. Are you in favor of this? You got a funny look. You look like you're about to spit across the room. I like it. It's subtle. It's subtle. Five one. Five one. You're giving it a 5-1? Hear me out. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. I want to hear you. Hear me out. I love pumpkin spice. Okay. Love pumpkin spice coffee. Me, personally, I need flavor, like pumpkin. I don't want something that's over the top. It's mild. But I want want to taste a pumpkin. It's mild. But it's good. There's nothing bad about this. There's nothing I dislike about it. You just wish it was a tick stronger. 
the smell throws me off. The smell my mom's thinking right. I'm about to it's just pungent. devour yeah. and just bite into like a raw pumpkin and but it's good. I mean it's not it's not a this taste takes me back to childhood. Maybe that's why it's called peanuts. Let me tell you why. This is this is weird. I just had a flashback. Oh gosh. We could diagnose this. Hold on, let me get it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can almost visualize it. That's what it was. This tastes like a scratch and sniff book my mom used to have. <laughs> she might still have it. Did you eat it? No. But oh, I got a little pumpkin in that. I can't quite I can't quite picture it. I'm there. I'm there, but I'm all but being able to exactly tell you what it is. Is it a peanut mm-hmm. scratch and sniff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas time. There's a book. Mm. I think it's a scratch and sniff. Bobble. And the taste of it, it tastes just like the smell of that scratch and sniff book. It's it's slightly pumpkiny. It's very seasonally kind of you know that that herbiness or whatever pumpkin spice is spicy spicy herbiness. Um, I enjoy it. I'm giving it a six two. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I'm gonna let you know. I'm ordering five six five. It will give it a five six five. You're I'm, ordering. One. I'm ordering two. Let me see how many. We have three more October podcasts left. Mm-hmm. I'm going to order two pumpkin spice. You order one. We'll see what the best one is for the month. How do I know I don't order the same one you did? I'll, I will, we'll do it together. <laughs> last uh, last year's oh, Green man. Mountain pumpkin spice K-Cup was the best that we had. It's delicious. So okay. I'm going to put that put that in the back of the back of the memes. Um this is a solid. I like this though. Uh, this is a solid, solid color, calm solid pumpkin color. spice. You, I mean, you do wish for a little more spice, a little more pumpkin, but it takes me back to that scratch and sniff. It's fall, baby. It's that scratch and sniff. It's fall. Scratch and sniff the fall weather. That's right. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So I was a small group last night. Priscilla. Uh, better not have to the do hater, Priscilla. No. Priscilla and her husband, Reed, who's... Way better than Priscilla. Oh, 100%. I don't, I've met Reed. I've only been around Reed and met him a handful of times. And the impression I get off of him, and he, he's a 10 out of 10 kind of guy. Yeah, he's top notch. Top notch. So we sat, we sat across each other from dinner. Mm-hmm. We were talking. So <laughs> he likes. He told me he liked the thought-provoking questions that we would ask. He went through a few, a few examples. That's us. And then I brought up we're cannibalism, thinkers. and that started a whole group discussion. Mm-hmm. That Priscilla was very uncomfortable with, and he's pretty much on the same same wavelength we are about that. So you know, have you seen online oh, those no. memes or those TikToks that say he's a ten out of ten or she's a ten out of ten? But have he's you a seen cannibal? those? Is that what no? You're it's thinking? like she's a ten out of ten, but she doesn't wear deodorant. I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw out one right now. Oh. <laughs> This Reed, 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 he's a ten out of ten, but it just I have a hard time understanding because he he married Priscilla. Wow, <laughs> wow, okay, okay. So whenever they listen to this podcast, just know I'm gonna get egged. Just know. Here's all right. Let me give an explanation. We're trashing Priscilla a little bit because so we every Monday we go to Mexican people tag along with us. Yesterday Priscilla tagged along. 
And she told us, she said, the podcast is okay, but you talk about topics for way too long. You need to talk about it and move on. Like, you debate it. So that's why I make the joke about talking about the coffee cup for way too long. Like Anyway, so I'm, I've been giving her a hard time. Priscilla's a really wonderful human being. Look at that. Look at you so redeeming I'll redeem yourself. it. Look at you redeeming I, yourself. I joke with her. She's, she's great. She's an amazing counselor. She's a good person. I still like Reed more. Yeah, read still, <laughs> read still above above it all. So then he Googled at the table mm-hmm. thought-provoking questions, and we came across one, and I told him I would ask. Okay. There's a guy that's going to die by the electric chair. Mm-hmm. He's a, he is having a heart attack before he gets to the electric chair. Now, the situation is he can either be in the electric chair that hadn't started yet or be in his cell before going to the electric chair. We decided in the chair because in the cell, you're probably legally obligated to save the guy. So, situation is guy sitting in the the electric chair. Yes. He's having a heart attack. Nothing started yet. Do you save him or no? So the dilemma here mm-hmm. is you save this man, which may take who knows how long. Right. You may even electrocute him to bring him back. Only to then electrocute him to take him back out. Yes. So is it more <clears throat> inhumane to save him and then kill him or let him die by a heart attack, which is mm-hmm. probably... Like I just mean, do you just stand this. around drinking a cup of old peanuts, pumpkin spice, and just watching the man suffer? Or like, how does that? Yeah, like what? Do, so, what? Let me get your answer, and then I'm gonna ask a different question that I thought was intriguing. Is it more humane to save him and then kill him? No, just which one would you do? <clears throat> okay, would you, would you save him? <clears throat> my suspicion is, or just let him die. I guess my prediction is, what would I do versus what do I think the standards are? Mm-hmm. Because my guess is there's probably a standard somewhere that says at such and such time before the designated time of electrocution, in the event of medical emergency, no life-saving measures are taken. So my personal belief would be no life-saving measures should be taken. However, if they have the power to provide like... Um, accommodating measures like sedation or something that should be provided. So no, I do not think life-saving measures should be provided, but I do think it would be humane to provide like sedation or some other type of like calming agent while he's having a heart attack. Yeah. So you want this man to have a heart attack and your answer is, sedate him more so he doesn't feel it. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. So you're not saving him and you're no. not. You're just sedating this let man. Let me go into ahead and tell you, if attack. I'm having a heart attack on my way to die, just let me die. I mean, but here's the thing. Like, there's two different types of heart attacks. Oh, I mean, there's probably more than that. Not, That's an uneducated statement. But there's the people that just, like, drop dead of a heart attack. No, we're talking about a, a long This is a dude that's attack. like, because a long-suffering heart attack tends to be, you're just starting to have chest pain. There's no medical evaluation. Nobody's walking. I'm talking about one. The he's long grabbing green his mile, chest. The long green mile. This man is just like, pain. oh my goodness, my chest hurts. I mean, you could be faking that. 
I mean, my guess is you're going to have a little angina. My guess is anybody you, going to the electric chair is going to have a little angina going bring on. Bring in the morphine. Just go ahead and bring yes. in the morphine. Yeah. Let him go down. Yeah. So what happens to the family who is sitting there ready to watch him die in the electric chair? And you walk up and say, sorry, he had a heart attack. How is How are they going to feel about it? Probably relief that he didn't have to get shocked. They're there to watch him. Nobody wants to watch that. Are you talking Some about the family know. of the victim? Yeah. They still, no. I, I mean, sure. Okay, what are you going to go home? For the rest of your life, I'm disappointed. I didn't watch Joe suffer. Maybe. That's Some traumatizing. That's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in that situation. But All right, so here's the second part of that question that I was thinking what about. What are you doing? You didn't answer it. Brings me to the second part of the question. If you're the guy, say there's a button that starts the electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the Is guy. Is this a ride at Carowinds? <laughs> and you're the guy who's like who gets to go ahead to start it. Yeah. And this man starts having a heart attack. Do you just like <laughs> do you just just tap I about spit, spit coffee across? Do you the just room. tap the button real quick and just go ahead and start the process? Just to go ahead and just like avoid the whole situation, like I mean, or you go double act tap like it was an or, accident. Oops, I just sat on it. <laughs> just, just like gave it a little bump. Well, see, they brought up the point like if you do that and then stop it, it might like resuscitate him. It brings him back. It's and like, then, oh my bad, hit it again. <laughs> and then you you double tap it, bring him back, be like, all right, bro, you good? You ready? <laughs> you ready? And then you just and then, <laughs> you just start you back double the electric chair it. process. I don't think that's how that works. I mean, it probably there's probably more to it, but I mean, just if you were that guy, and my my thing is, I would just I would just tap the button. Would you just, just tap it, hit it and just, just go, go ahead and start it. and just avoid and everybody's yeah. just avoiding. At the end of the day, the man has to die, right? And I'm guessing at some point, no life saving measures are going to be taken on this human being, right? We just gotta go. We just gotta push forward. Yeah, I'm just tapping it. I mean, there are things that cause. I don't know when that is though. All right, for example, personally, I probably think anything prior, anything prior to him walking in the room and sitting in the chair, uh, there's probably an obligation to get him evaluated. If the dude passes out, walking down the hallway, grabs his chest and passes out. I don't know what you would do. Like they, they probably have to provide treatment. Yeah, legally, like, you probably, you probably, you can't, you can't just let him. Like you, like there's, the there's moment, probably some. Like the the punishment is not suffer. The punishment is death. And so my my suspicion is anything you deserve the full human rights that prison offers a person, right? Up until the moment you sit down in that chair and it's time for the punishment to ensue. Yes. And so I'm guessing like like at that point, like that is the moment that like right it goes from full human rights that that prison offers to to punishment leading to death. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why it has awkward as it is. You, you have to treat the guy. Not if I tap the button. No. <laughs> not if I tap if the button. He's not in the chair. You can't tap the button. If he, I'm saying if he's in the chair and I, I, he starts going tap over. Here's my question: over. What's the cause of death at that point? Electric chair. Don't even. Don't even. Don't. We're even not even going it. there. Just don't even question it. Electric chair. Don't even question it. As soon as I tap that button, it's over. So, have you ever been electrocuted? 
like in a meaningful way. Not like is there an ooh, not like not that whole I rubbed my pants across the chair and I went to shut the door of my car and it zapped me. Not that like static so, electrocution. I'm talking about that like that. that legit like current flowing through you. Yeah. That explains a lot. Yeah. Well <clears throat> when I was younger and full yeah. of Vim and intellectual <laughs> decisions. We had a cow taser, and um, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal because it didn't look like a big deal. <laughs> so did I you gra- do it to yourself? Yeah, I grabbed it. Why did you have a cow taser? Can we start there? Uh, the guy lived on a like a piece of land, farmland, okay. and they had it to do that. Okay. Grab it. Shove it into my forearm because it didn't like it didn't have like zzz, like it didn't do any of that like you it just pop, pop. yeah it just like that and I'm not, I'm not even kidding you you I hit your forearm that, with it yeah I shoved it into my forearm hard and felt this weird just like current just like flow through like my arm and my to the point to where I dropped it and then. Yeah, I hit the up. bed. Yeah, like I tensed up and I just laid in the bed for a second because it was like it like sent shot because it's, it's it's made to like move cows and I was right. like ninth grade, <laughs> all of like 120 pounds, and so it was just like how long did the sensation last? Not long. I mean, it was like 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Not like like 30 seconds to kind of come back to and be like, oh, that was like. Did you weird. feel? Did you feel like like it almost knocked you out? So then I did it again. Are you serious? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But then my friend did it. So that's awful. No, being the second guy in that scenario is the worst. Because like you feel obligated. It's like well, I can't. I and can't now not you know do it, what's But you coming. know how bad what's coming yeah. is. It was it was more startling than anything. Have you ever seen those videos? Because you know police officers have to be hit by a taser before they can use a taser. Yeah. You ever seen those videos of people getting shot in the back with tasers? Yeah. And like here's what amazes me. You ever seen the people that power through? Yeah. They're like they get hit and they're like, I I'm good. Come help me, bro. Yeah. And and like they just keep going versus the people that just like pass out and pee their pants. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm gonna pass out and pee my pants. Yeah. Straight up. That's me. Yeah. I'm not getting hyped. But I'm be honest, part of me wants that to happen. You wanna be tased? No, not the pee my pants part. But like you watch that, because part it's like it, it's up there with you ever seen like uh, video of uh, people in the military and they have to go into the um, the the little room where they do the what's it called not the pepper spray like either people get pepper spray. okay these are all on the same level you go into you get um, shocked by the taser you get hit with pepper spray in the face yeah or the third one is in the military they go in and they take the gas mask off and they're in a room full of whatever that gas is mm-hmm Tear gas. There you go. Tear gas. Um, and they have to stay in there for like two minutes or something, and then they can leave and wash their face off. Like, it's all miserable. Like, it's miserable. But to me, there's some type of like, I did that. Like, I, I, like, I there's survived. some credentials there. Yeah. Right. Like, I went, I did it. It was miserable. Well, you know, you're not going to die. Hopefully. It's just a miserable experience that you can say, like, I didn't let fear win. Like, I pushed through. Like, I know what that experience is like. Never want to do it again. It's like the hot chip challenge. Um, Like, it's yeah. like, I did that. I pushed through. Like, not many people can say they did that. Yeah. It's kind of like. 
no, this is not a temptation. Like, I'm not t- telling you that I want you to go buy a taser want, or a hot chip. I have a taser. No. I have a taser. I got it as a gift from my employees at the mill. It was a flashlight that turned yeah, yeah, into yeah, a yeah. taser. I bought my wife one of those. Yeah. And it looks dangerous. Yeah. Sounds it dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, like when you go through haunted houses or fear from, like, like mm-hmm. fear farm. Shout out if anybody wants to go to Blacksburg. Plug. But... And you're just like, there's this rush. And then once it's over, it's like, okay, I did it. Let's do or, it again. Or like a, a horror. Speaking of, I watched a horror movie Saturday night. Let me ask you this question. Why are horror movies scary? <laughs> okay. Well, and that's the podcast, everybody. So why are horror movies obsessed with using religion? I thought about that the other day. While watching I feel like you're taking me down a whole nother path right now. I thought you Just had a second me. question from reading. Just tr- no, that was it. This this is this is this is just a question. Okay. Why are horror movies obsessed with, with religion? religion? Like, why is religion a centerpiece? I don't a lot think of religion is a centerpiece. I think there are three things that are a centerpiece in all horror films. Um, religion. You just said it. Let me just let, physical destruction, physical pain, physical torment, physical something, emotional, psychological. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual. Those three. Because I can argue those are the three pillars that make us as human beings. And so they, it's not that they focus on it's, it's I think they have recognized that at the deepest core of who we are, we are physical beings, we're psychological, emotional. Those could be two or one. It's the mental aspect. And then spiritually, we are somebody that's uniquely separate from our emotional, psychological self. And so I think they've recognized those, let's call it four, those four pillars that are at our deepest, deepest level. Everything comes off of that. And so that's where what builds in fear, being, our existence. And so when you manipulate those things, you can create terror. Next question. question. Well, specifically for religious ones. I come up with a three L's. This is so Baptist. Come up with the three L's. I had to do three L's in mimicking the religious aspect. What are you talking about? The three L's of what? I of why, why horror religion. films yeah. use religion? Right. Can I guess them? It's not live, life, love. <sighs> Laugh. I'm out. Hold on. Three L's? Yeah, you're not going to guess them. I might guess them. You're not going to guess them. Uh, longitudinal studies. <laughs> All right. What are the three L's? Logic, loyalty, and literally nothing else. <laughs> the last one below. <laughs> Logic, loyalty, and literally nothing else. Let me explain. Here, this is. Let me explain. With religion in horror movies. This is B-rated pastor material. People who are religious. Yes. Tend to not logically think out situations. So they're a perfect candidate for doing crazy things. Okay, when you say religious, are you talking about people because they're like they they attribute everything to faith. Everything is And we based plug in the word faith anytime like logic doesn't make sense. 
so we're willing to act on a belief system even if it's not played out in front of us. We're willing to act out on a belief system even if it doesn't make sense. Okay. So in the sense of, so logic plays into loyalty. The loyalty to the religion, like, Mm -hmm. for example, the movie, there was a lady who was in a cult. She came out of the cult. She was triggered in the movie. She went back to it. Everything she did from there on out made absolutely no sense. But the logic she used and the loyalty behind the religion is is strictly based off of her belief in that. Which makes her a perfect candidate. And why do you say literally nothing else? Because the last one is when you have something that's outside of yourself. Yeah. Demonic forces, evil spirits, things like that. There's literally nothing else to fight it but religion. There's nothing else. Like, you personally cannot fight a greater evil. So they have to use a religious aspect to You clearly haven't watched the Marvel movies. (laughs) Okay. I don't necessarily think Spider-Man is taking down, like, The Conjuring. I just don't see that happening. Uh, That's fair. You know what? I think you have a lot of truth there. Oh, let me let me counter your question with a question. Yes, sir. Horror movies of is just one ver- variation of this. But is that is loyalty, logic, and literally nothing else? Is that actually a bad thing, or is it just in those movies they're demonstrating the bad variation of that? But like there is a good version of that too, which is a healthy belief in a healthy religion. That drives us to be loyal, that alters our worldview so that we logically process things through that worldview, even if it's beyond what can the five senses can experience, mm-hmm. beyond what scientific method explains, as it impacts our worldview, and we live it out in such a way that it's actually radically transformative in a positive way. Okay. So that's... I Whereas think a cult just perverts It's the, the negative aspect of that's that. That's correct. I think it. I think it can get positive, which is why this is why I think horror movies. To your point, which is perfect, horror movies take the extreme negative of that logic because mm-hmm. it makes it still makes sense. These people are making these decisions. It's like, okay, who would really do that? The yeah. only people that would really do that is mm-hmm. these people who are just completely dedicated and have. Completely just lost logic. Right. They have. Well, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. When you look at people that have given their lives for causes. Yeah. Religious beliefs being one. Yeah. Right. Um, that's typically what happens is their belief goes beyond logic because logic says if your life's at risk, survive. What does it take to survive? Mm-hmm. Not sacrifice. But there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have sacrificed their life for the cause that they believe in. Religion probably being the foremost. The foremost. So, it's very positive and beneficial when it can counter cultural negatives. Mm-hmm. Like the cultural negative beliefs that kind of go on, these three things can help you push through that. So, like the culture of America. Mm-hmm. So there's some things that are good, some things that are bad, but your personal belief and logic and 
loyalty to this can help push through that. Yeah. Here's a statement regarding logic that I heard the other day. So right now at church, we've got this little mini-series in like the Sunday school hour. It's like this uh, six, seven-part discussion on apologetics, a defense of the faith in which we have kind of thing. But one of the things that was mentioned that I'd really never put much thought into was how <clears throat> primarily in Western cu- culture we, um, and I'm, I'm putting some words in, in his mouth. This is where my mind went. Um, from here on forth, right? Not what was said at the class. But like we idolize logic. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, is it logical? Like we say that all the time, right? Uh, oftentimes we dismiss emotional, right? Because emotional is unpredictable. It may or may not be factual. And it's more based on how we're feeling in that moment. And uh, feelings are not facts. right? And if we act emotionally, a lot of times it leads to regret in our behavior, right? right? Emotion motivates, but it's often not a good predictor of how we should behave. Right. And um, and so we operate, what's logical? What's logical here? That's not logical. Is this logical? Is this logical? What? We say that all the time. Um, and, and when we were looking at our understanding of, he said, logic is often used as a, a defense against the Christian faith. Right. It's just not logical. And he said, belief systems actually need to be beyond what logical makes sense. Because what logical to us, so like it's a reverse view of to say it's logical means if my brain is ability is able to wrap our mind around it, make sense of it, and it makes practical sense to the application in life, then it's true. But there's a there's a fallacy there in believing that things if things aren't logical we should dismiss them is all based on what my intellectual capacity is yeah and fundamentally as a christian i believe and i think most people even non-christians would say i'm limited in my capacity to understand like intellectually i'm only capable of understanding so much truth exceeds my intelligence yeah and so beliefs have to have an element of I'm believing in something that is not logically making sense to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, right, which is actually a logical argument for non-logic in a weird kind of way. <laughs> right. So, but anyway, the point that was made, what he highlighted was if logic was the only source of truth, then when you go back, Adam and Eve wouldn't have sinned by eating the fruit because Satan used logic to convince them to sin. Right, so whether you take a literal or a figurative view of Genesis is kind of irrelevant. It's the idea of evil was present; it created temptation by using logic that led humanity to make um, a sinful decision. Yeah, right. And so, because he said it doesn't make sense that you shouldn't eat this, it doesn't make sense. Like, and so he used a large logical argument that played into like humanity's ability to rationalize a situation to determine truth from false, true from false. And they logically made a decision and said, you know what? You make sense. Therefore I eat this fruit. And in doing so, they actually made the wrong decision. And it was like, to me, this light bulb went off because I pride myself in trying to make logical decisions. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, am I just operating in the same way that I'm holding myself back from experiencing the fullness of God 
and and being okay with the tension of the universe that I can't understand and allowing myself to be in awe of that because I'm reducing my beliefs to only that which I can logically make sense of. Do you think, because I think that's, I think that's a good point because society and culture kind of goes through these like enlightenment eras where that, that's the core of the whole entire thing is this logically doesn't make sense. And so this is enlightening per se, quote unquote. And so we dismiss religion. We dismiss beliefs. Mm -hmm. We dismiss this. And so we go through these just periods yeah. of enlightenment to the point to where I, I think I'll, I'll ask you, do you think we're on the cusp of or in the middle of or at the start of an enlightenment type era yeah. in society today? Well, I think everybody wants to think that they're in a like I'm in like a turning point. Yeah. In society, though, <clears throat> seismic shifts in thought worldwide seismic shifts don't happen that often right and so as much as i would say yeah maybe maybe we're in a shift and what's a seismic shift to me is that a seismic shift to the universe like universal thought like i don't know i can go weeds on that i do think we're in the process of a shift because i think what we've seen is if you go backwards all right so literally humanity's timeline is based on um, you know, the presence of Jesus on earth. Right. Right. So I don't care if you think he's a prophet or I don't think if you think he's God, like he's a pretty influential figure because it's 2022 because it's been roughly 2022 years since he died on the cross. Right. Right. And so no matter how you view of him, he's made a big impact. Right. And so, but you think of like he died and he, he looks at Peter and he says, you know, like if you're a Catholic, you would say, you know, Peter's the first priest because he says on this rock i will build my church using peter as a metaphor because the word peter means rock in greek i think so anyway and so the roman church would say hey listen peter was the rock on which the church was built and for several thousand years the catholic church was the church yeah like it wasn't the catholic church it was just the church right and it felt like it was the the continued process of peter the church being built right and so a few hundred years ago this man named Martin Luther comes along, mm-hmm. right? There's a whole, what, 95 theses? 99, 95? Something like that, yeah. 99 problems? Re- Reformation. My theses ain't one? Yeah. Wow. 95. <laughs> so, wow. It was, and so that That's was a, a seismic shift. Here's the crazy thing. Part of me wants to like rationalize this away a little bit, and then part of me wants to say God had bigger plans for Luther than he mi- even realized. Yeah. Because we, we we hype up Reformation Day, a.k.a. Halloween for all you non-Christians. Uh, <laughs> so on the day that he, he nailed his theses to the castle in Gutenberg or wherever it was. It wasn't Gutenberg, but it just sounds German. So not, You could have rolled with it. All right, so here's the thing. Is I recently read a book on, on Luther. When it says that he nailed these theses to the door, that sounds dramatic. Like, I showed up to the White House and, like, did it. It was the equivalent of this. It was the equivalent of me just sending out an email to some friends, to some people that I knew that were in prestigious positions within the church. I said, hey, guys, I've got some questions, and I just didn't know if y'all want to meet to talk about them. That was the equivalent of it is to have a secretary do that. So most likely what happened is Luther had been studying 
and said, there's some things about the way the Catholic Church operating that just doesn't make sense to me. Right. And so he just created a list. It was a comprehensive list, but he made a list. He most likely had the equivalent of just a um, a uh, janitorial staff member say, hey, go put these on the door. Because you know what the door represented? It was just the, the, it was the bulletin board of the day. It was just where people put advertisements. It meant nothing. It was probably next to a flyer that said, hey, Friday night, potluck at Johan's house. Johan. Bring your favorite My chili man's. beans. My bring man. your favorite, you know. Pumpkin like, spice latte. Bring your favorite pumpkin spice pork loin, whatever. <laughs> loin, pork, pork loin. Right. <laughs> pumpkin it spice. It meant nothing. Pork like, loin. it was meaningless. All he was saying is, I've got some stuff that doesn't make sense. I would love for some local religious authorities to gather with me to discuss these issues. He was not trying to develop a movement. He wasn't trying to be like crazy. He wasn't even trying to separate from the church. He just wanted to provide some clarification. So, However, so this man somebody got a hold he, of this. Not what he says. He this does. man named Gutenberg made a press. Printed off a bunch of, and it's just like, it's like, you know, you ever like send out a text message and all of a sudden it becomes a thing. Yeah. And it's like, this really wasn't what I meant for it to be. That's yeah. literally how this started. But then people had to take sides and all of a sudden Luther's the enemy of the church and he starts a movement. And so part of me is like, man, he really opened a can of worms yeah. on that one. He's a great first But name. then part of me is also like, he didn't mean at all. To cause a stir. He did not mean for the church to split at that time to what is now evangelicism as we know it, the Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox on the other side, kind of as a split. He did not mean for that to happen. So part of me is like, well, that was a giant oopsie. <laughs> and then the other side of me is like, or God was at work and he ha- he needed Luther and Luther didn't even realize the role he was playing in society. You know what I'm saying? You listen to the Catholic Church, thinking Luther's an idiot. You listen to people that are part of Protestantism, and they think Luther was a, a major voice of God. Yeah, like a prophet almost. Don't get me wrong; Luther was messed up. He had some. He he did some stupid stuff. But so he was the equivalent of throwing a tweet out there, and the tweet right, it just viral. Caught, it just went viral, and then it was forced to. Yeah, and so to kind of circle back around, I said to say. That was the last, I think, seismic shift in religious belief system, right? And so for the last several hundred years, Protestants has just kind of carried, right? It has just been an extenuation of that movement. I am suspicious that we may be part of another shift right now. I feel it. Where I feel it. I'm starting to feel it. And what's fun, and here's where I feel like God is moving. Because some of these rumblings have, and I'm not trying to make myself look good. And Josh, I think you put yourself in the same boat. Some of the thoughts that I'm starting to hear people say, I've been thinking for a while. Yeah. And so part of me wants to be like, well, that's coincidence. Or is God on the move? Mm-hmm. And he's starting to to create some shifts in thought. Mm-hmm. That are are leading people, godly people, to start have the same thought. Is it just coincidence that godly people are starting to have some some movement? So is it is it the world 
shifting in a negative way, which like when we talk about deconstruction, right? Deconstruction at its worst, I don't think it's God honoring. I don't because it actually takes people away from God. It, it oftentimes leads people to more of an atheist mindset. I don't think that's honoring to God. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's God on the move. Right. And so a lot of people would say any form of deconstruction or any form of that's not just let's keep on keeping on with the current structure of the church, the current movement is is society tearing you down. It's society, right, which is a lot of people have said about Luther, right? They said he was a—they uh, would have said he was a deconstructionist of that time. They would have probably said that he was a, a negative influence. And I'm not saying I'm a deconstructionist by any means, right? Josh, you're probably more on that path than I am, Mr. Annihilationist, fat, flat Earth boy. Don't worry about me. So, okay, okay, <laughs> flat Earth. Okay. However, and so I'm— Anyway, I probably shouldn't have said the word deconstruction because that's not what we're talking about. What I'm saying, though, is there's a reevaluation of how faith is lived out, how denominations are constructed, how, like, I just sense this movement, right? And most of you listening are like, Marty, what are you talking about? It's there. But well, I'm st- I just sense it. I just sense <sighs> that there's a change happening, and I kind of like it. I feel like as, as people who are as religious people or probably even humanity in general, we take this we take this view that what we're currently in is right. Mm-hmm. And that any changes to that is wrong. Yeah. Whereas the reality of it is is that we are progressively learning more. We are progressively mm-hmm. changing for better or for good. But for I mean, better for, or for sorry, good. For, for better or for worse. It's good or it's better. <laughs> Hey, what are the all other? about perspective, baby. <laughs> but we're, we we have it like this is right. What I have in yeah. my and any shift of that shakes a foundation, especially when it's a core belief and a foundational belief. Yeah, any shift in that really shakes it up, and we have this like yeah. it can't change. It can't change. And, he, and here's what scares me, right? I have to have a balanced approach to this. I can't just hit the gas pedal without hitting the brake pedal. Here's what scares me. You don't know if what's happening is good or bad until after the fact. Right. You know, like you always have the winners and the losers. Right. So everybody makes their predictive claim. Right. It's kind of like it's a bad example, like COVID. You had your pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. You have right. this, you have that. Nobody freaking knows. Nobody knows. But then yeah. after the fact, one is right. But it's not because that person really knew more than the other person. They just guessed right. But then after the fact, like, freaking told you so. Yeah. Like, I knew it. No, you didn't. You just happened to be on the right side of the guessing game. It's like showing up to a sporting event and you bet on one guy, not the other guy. You can learn a lot and make an educated guess, but that doesn't stop it from being a guess. Exactly. Uh, There's still upsets. There's There's still still upsets. upsets. So I, I say that not to say that religion is a guess, not to say that belief in God is a guess. But when we sit and we look at what is the status of the church today? What is the condition of, of spiritual beliefs in humanity? Are we in the midst of a decay? Are we in the midst of a revival? Is God operating outside the box and, and he's about to do a miraculous? You know, I, honestly, I hope so. Yeah. But I don't know. And so that's where I have to be reserved and say, I don't want to be a part of change for change sakes. And And all it does is it waters down the work of God, right? The work of God in my life, the work of God in humanity. But I also don't want to be so, so loyal mm-hmm. 
to the traditions of the church of the last several hundred years that I have blinders to how God is working outside of those traditions right? to help revitalize them and also to bring a renewed faith to humanity. Right. Because God is not limited by the traditions of the church of the last 500 years. Yeah. Those traditions came out of, right? So they're valuable because they try to anchor us to our faith, but they are not our faith. And God operates outside of that. And I, I'm all about that. I want to be a part of that. But I, again, I don't want change for change's sake if it's not godly and it's just people uh, deconstructing just or, or taking us to unhealthy places that actually uh, stray people away from a pure and authentic faith that changes lives and you know makes the world a better place. And so I'll end on a quote Okay. Ooh, this that is good. sums up that has no relation, a little bit. It's a Joe Rogan quote. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That sums up what Michael you're Jordan, saying. Michael Jordan, you miss every shot you haven't taken. Look, look. It sums okay. up what you said. And I, I I heard this quote, and I was like, that's a good idea. It was on my little researching phase when I was. Well, hit us with it. Up. Let's go. Can't spend too much time talking about a topic. Priscilla gets mad. That's true. He said, I want you to be open-minded to anything, but not so open-minded that your brain falls out. Ooh, that's good. So he's saying, be open-minded, but don't lose logic and don't yeah. lose. Oh, here we go with logic. You know, don't lose, don't lose. You yeah. know what makes it valuable? It's like be willing to fly, but don't stop being anchored to Earth. Okay. All right, <laughs> everybody. Well, that just wraps up the podcast. Anyway, all right, that's a wrap for today, guys. Thank you, Reed, for thought-provoking questions. If you have any comments on this thought-provoking question, hit us up or tell Josh a small group next week. Anyway, until next time, go drink some peanuts, pumpkin spice latte. Enjoy the fall weather. We'll be back with another pumpkin spice next week. And y'all behave yourselves. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.